Welcome to Creatives Grab Coffee, the podcast on the business of video production. Creatives Grab Coffee is hosted by Dario Nuri and Kirill Lazarov from Labs Productions. Our goal is to share knowledge and experiences from video production professionals around the world. Whether you're a freelancer looking to start your own business or a seasoned business owner aiming to scale your company, this is the show for you. Join us as we develop a community of like-minded creatives looking to learn and help each other grow. Welcome to the business of video production. Welcome to Creative Scrap Coffee. Before we get started with the show, let's go over today's sponsors. Do you have a shoot in Toronto? Do you need crew or a strong production partner to help you with your project? Laps Productions is one of the top production companies in Toronto and your go-to video partner. With our strong creative skills and extensive network, we can help you achieve your goal. Laps Productions is able to offer you production services, white label services, or finder fees for project handoffs. Reach out to us on our website at lapsproductions.com to learn more. My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group fan packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We're more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Creative Scrap Coffee is on Patreon. Help support the show by becoming a patron via the link in the description and get exclusive access to full uncut episodes, all reels and highlights at episode release, live shows and call-ins, ability to request cities and guests, and updates plus BTS content. Join now via the link in the description to get access to all the knowledge our guests have to offer. And now, let's begin the show. And... Take three of Creatives Grab Coffee, episode 50. Let's go. <laughs> Why is it take three, Carol? Oh, my God. The funny thing is the first uh, the first two recordings, I feel like we're more of a bit of a therapy session for us. You know, I feel like anyone in business probably goes through the same thing where you have things in your head. You just kind of you want to you haven't had a chance to get off your chest and that's kind of what we used episode 50 as as a means to <laughs> release what we've been uh holding up for a while and then we just realized you know what this we, we need to give a little bit more structure to this and, it was too uh, much of a rant it, you yeah it was the, a lot of you ranting. sent me you sent me the the uh, rough draft of the episode i was listening to it and i was listening to the short one because now we're doing two different recordings we're doing the full uncut for the patreon listeners and the shorter one uh, bite-sized one for the public listeners and i gotta say listening to that i was like this episode can never see the light of day we gotta hide this in a vault <laughs> <laughs> well now that we've done this recording a few times remember we have people don't know what's going on we haven't announced anything yet and firstly yeah we're finally on patreon that is one little announcement right there and um with that there's going to be some changes to how we kind of go forward with the show and the format and as you mentioned uh, one thing we're going to be doing is uh, putting the full episodes on our Patreon and then releasing shorter, maybe 20 to 30 minute uh, summary versions of some of the key topics uh, uh, for public. And this way, for those, of, uh, for those who want to know a little bit more about our guests or some of the topics we discussed, you're more than welcome to join Patreon and check it out. Yeah. Um, they know, they already saw the intro part of the episode. They, we already gave them a little, our little spiel. 
yeah, basically yeah. <laughs> we just need help we're monetize we're trying to monetize this podcast because there's costs involved and you know we want to make sure that we enjoy doing this uh but we do want to pump it out a bit more often and i'm sure the listeners are enjoying it too because there's a lot of knowledge that's being spread around from our guests and whatnot and you know if you guys want to hear more episodes we gotta we gotta find somebody for it because it takes time like carol and i gotta take time out of our schedule to outreach to new people uh you know like vet them i, I always try to bring on people that are good if they're not good i, I just don't invite them, you know don't invite them to the actual call like because you know we don't want to bring someone who's a dud right uh, and then, you know, Kirill's got to do the editing. That takes a lot of uh, time out of the work that he should be doing for laps. So, you know, the time is money. We need some money to run this thing. You guys want more episodes? This is the, this is the <laughs> trade-off, all right? It is what it is. <laughs> here's a, here's a little, a little uh, sneak peek into the kind of rambling that we ended up doing on the other recordings. No, that rambling was like, <laughs> oh, I don't even know if we should go. Like, it was... I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure our enemies, whoever they may be, would have used it against us at some point. <laughs> but aside from that, um, one thing we also want to announce is that we finally got our first sponsor for the show, uh, Canada Film Equipment. And as you probably have seen in our intro video, they are the first of many more sponsors to come that we have in the works. And uh, if you are interested in sponsoring the show, you know, feel free to reach out to us and uh, and see how we can uh, collaborate in some way. Um, we have a few if you're others. A coffee oh. roaster. If you're a coffee roaster, by some miracle, listening to this, we need a coffee roaster. <laughs> so yeah. please reach yeah. out. You, you can't have creators grab coffee without coffee. Or in Dario's, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes, based on what he's feeling, the tea world. You know, when he makes his uh, monthly switch back and forth from coffee to tea and tea to coffee. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. If you're a coffee roaster, please get in touch. I reached out to a lot of the good ones here in Toronto. I don't know. I guess they don't check their emails or whatnot. But uh, uh, coffee roasters, please reach out. If not, I'm gonna start reaching out to some other people. Yeah, it all depends on what opportunities present themselves, but. Anyway, so that's that. That's the Patreon and the sponsorships out of the way. Um, so, Dario, where are we at right now with Laps and us as a business, uh, aside from Creative Scrap Coffee? What are where, where are we at right now? Let, let's let's do this as like a little bit of a chance to check in. Where are we at right now? We're we're just uh, tr- what's the term? Trudging along. We're just getting treading along, along. treading along, month to month. Work is slow as hell because of the interest rate hikes. Those things are brutal. Yeah. That's it. The, the, I'm pretty sure a lot of other people are in the same situation. Uh, we got a trickling of leads coming in compared to the waterfall that was the beginning of the year. Yeah. Nothing. We got we got some more keeping us alive. But uh, next year, I, th- I hope they cut those interest rates down. Otherwise, we're in deep trouble. Yeah, it's interesting. I talked to a few other people that are also like freelancing just to ask them, from their perspective, what it's like in the industry right now. And even from them, they're saying, yeah, for some reason, September itself is really slow, which has never been historically like that uh, over the last uh, like five to five, five or so years, because September is usually around the time where a lot of corporations and companies, their fiscal years end. So this is around the time when they're trying to be spending money. Even during the pandemic, everyone was still trying to do work in September everyone's cutting costs you know so what do you think what do you think is the first thing that's going to get cut it's video yeah it's always like that (laughs) the first thing that would get cut we're always the first always the first government government wanted people to cut excess spending 
Well, if a company's trying to sell products and people ain't buying it because they can't afford to do it, well, that's that's kind of we got affected too, you know. Like, yeah, that's, yeah it's funny that's though. The end I always find it funny when video is the first one cut when it's also one of the most important means of communication from business to business and business to consumer, which is almost like a bit of an irony when you think about it, right? I wonder why sense. that it's is. Because it's more expensive than photos. But it's also one of the more needed mediums, right? Right. But if you had to choose between photo and video, video is a more expensive one, so video will get cut. You could still kind of do it with photos. Yeah. Because sometimes companies, all they really need is something. They don't necessarily need video for what they're doing. It all depends also on the business you're in. If you're in a very B2B type type, uh, type business, then I, yeah, like video definitely will be one of the first things to cut because it's not a major need of investment for... Or you just reuse the same video content. You don't update it. Yeah, which a there lot of go. companies historically yeah, they have done. Yeah, historically they don't update. If it's B2B, that video is evergreen, most likely. So... You yeah. Just keep using it, using it until you wait out the interest rate hikes, and then you know, then you can start updating stuff. We've had some leads come through the front door. It's like, yeah, we want to do a video and update this, and we see the the first video, and it's from like twenty years ago. It's like, there you go, right there. They had one video, cost a lot at the time, probably even more so back then compared to now, and they just were afraid to go back and update it since then. But that was before. That was in the good times. That was when. Before crypto the was at an all time. That was at, before that was the empire. When, <laughs> that was back when crypto was at an all time high. That's that's when that was happening. Oh People had money to burn. Uh, those yeah. were good times. But, anyways, overall, like, um, yeah, things have been a little bit slower. But um, on our front, at uh, Lapse Productions, it's actually been one of our our best years as of yet, which is nice to know. But it, it's funny because when it's during these slow times, it never feels like it. But when you look at the numbers, it's like, oh. Okay, we actually are doing pretty well. Um, but right now, it's a matter of us just trying to kind of focus on a bit more of the marketing, focusing more on creating uh, blog content, focusing on the expansion of Creatives Grab Coffee, because this has actually been one of our best tools for creating new connections, uh, new networks, and things like that, and has really yielded a lot of benefits for us that we didn't expect, right? And one of my, one of my favorite uh, benefits is the fact that we if we need to work in other cities, uh, either whether it's in Canada or in the States, uh, it allows or us Australia. to- Or Australia. Or UK. Australia, yeah. Um, well, that's, that, that's the other thing. We've, we've been able to expand not only across Canada, but to several states in the US, the UK, as well as Australia. And um, one thing we did earlier this year, one of our clients needed a work shot in Seattle and in, um, and in North Carolina. So as a result, we reached out to a few production companies in those cities and London. brought them Don't onto the London. show. Don't oh yeah, in London. London. Exactly. And in London, we interviewed those production companies, got to know them really well, got to get, uh, we really clicked and vibed. And as a result, when we went down to execute those projects, we just hired them. And it's honestly become a really good means of, you know, building uh, bigger and better networks as a result. So this this is a big focus for us now. And this is why we've also monetized a little bit because we also want to be able to start doing this on a more weekly basis because we've tried in the past and it gets difficult, but we want to make that commitment to try to release almost on a weekly schedule going forward. Yeah. And uh, as an added benefit of being a Patreon member, you get to request specific cities. So let's say you have a shoot in, I don't know, Paris, France, 
for example. I just threw something <laughs> way out there. But let's say, for example, let's say, let's say, let's say Paris, France. You got a shoot in there and you don't know anyone. Well, you can request that we find a guest from that city. So it's almost like we're vetting the people for you. It, it really just helps us narrow down who to reach out to next. Because for, like when I'm doing the outreach, I kind of just scratch my head and go... What movie have I watched recently? Oh, Goodwill Hunting. Okay, I'll reach out to people in Boston. So next week, I got a guest from no, Boston. <laughs> Boston, I suggested to you because I'm going to Boston next week as well. Oh, is that what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to Boston. Why don't we reach out to Boston? <laughs> well, anyways, I did watch Goodwill Hunting too. So there you go. That's part of the reason. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Lots of things to come, uh, both on uh, the business side and also on uh, for Creatives Grab Coffee. Um, in terms of next steps, oh, Dario, what, we we talked with our guests a lot about a lot of interesting topics uh, over this past season, I guess like the last like 15, 20 episodes or so. Before we get into that, I, I, I want to leave that for last because that's just a rehash. And if people, I'm pretty sure people that listen to this show have been listening for at least a couple of episodes or whatever, because it's all pretty interesting stuff, <laughs> unless they're new listeners. Yeah, that's um, for the new listeners, essentially. That's what Yeah, that's what this so is. They, if you want, you can also go to those specific episodes, which will be the last 10. Uh, I'd rather introduce a new topic, and then towards the end, we can kind of go back and revisit some older topics. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about what we were trying to, t what we were discussing in the previous two tries, of recording episode 50 uh falling out of love with the business i want to talk about that because we did touch on it and it was like a you know we were trying to form the topic and there's two other episodes so i want to go into that today well the thing is a, a lot of businesses probably experience that in one way or another in one way or another you can't be in love with the business 100% of the time, all the time, right? I mean, when you think about also the kind of work you do in video production, uh, when you first jump into it, you jump into it to create video content and things like that. But when you start running it as a business, you're more of a business owner at that point than a creator. Like 80% of the work you do at that point is business development, business growth and outreach and stuff like that. And maybe only 20% of the time is actually more of the creative stuff. So I feel like that is one one reason that can explain as to why a lot of people can fall out of love with their business in a way. That's one that of was, them. I think that's I one think that of was them. Your, yeah. That I think that was your uh, take. That was more so my take. Yeah, everyone has a different way, uh, a different means of how that happens. For me, it's more so that where more of the focus has been on business side of things rather than on the creative and. Um, well, that's why I've started to let you focus more on the creative side because I prefer the business side. So that's how we split that up. So now, like, he handles a lot of the creative stuff. I don't. I'm. I'm more interested on the, the business side of it. So I'll even like loop him in. It's like, all right, now I'm handing it off to you. You, you fucking go, go along with this. <laughs> go, go, have fun. Go, have fun. <laughs> this was actually one of the topics we discussed with, uh, with one of our on one of the previous episodes. How, in any business, you have to essentially divide up roles. You can't have, uh, you can't have one person doing everything or two people doing everything. Right? Some who people was have, the guest, to have certain. Who was, who was the guest that said, uh, you can't have the creative people talk to the client 
Who was that I don't guy? remember. I don't remember that one. But like the thing that I'm specifically referring to here was um, was uh, well, this was definitely discussed with Adam from Digital Spark Studios. He was talking about how you have to recognize your strengths and define and divide responsibilities when you're sharing a business with someone. Right. That was yeah. one topic we discussed with them. But I do know which one you mean. I think that might have been. Who was that? Um, was it? I think it was. Was it Mileshko? Ryan from? No, no, no. It was it wasn't Mileshko because. Uh, we, I, I only remember that because that was our most recent guest. <laughs> and I remember distinctly that that was Carol edits these episodes. So he probably knows better than me. I just remember like the conversations on the day of, and that's it. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, like I remember, I remember someone was talking about that, how like the creative people are just like, they got to just talk to other creative people because they're like in their own, own world. And when they mix with, mix it with like the business people, that's when like friction start. That's what I remember. Well, it's because it's a, a matter of like one, it's different skill sets and kind of what you're focusing on, right? Like what what might be an objection from a client to a creative, the creative might be like, well, why are, why do we have to do that? But the creative might not understand that there are other factors at play behind the scenes, right? So for example, if, um, if a client communicates saying, um, hey, we, we have to remove this this format for the for this for this uh, video and then do it like this instead, the creative would be like, but this looks terrible. Like, well, why are we going to do it like this? You know, and then uh, the creative the business, is emotional. Yeah, the creative would be like, but this is going to be bad. It's not going to be good. And they'll start listing out things in a way that maybe the client won't interpret it as well. Whereas the business uh, side can knows how to knows how to kind of uh, uh, communicate that in a way that might be, I guess, not non-threateningly, I guess is not, maybe not the right word, but um in a way that is beneficial to the client. It's like, look, if you want to be able to achieve this, we can't do that. We have to do it like this. Some, don't get me wrong. Some creatives may, uh, can talk a little bit better to clients than most, but most, most creatives, um, not Creative people are emotional. That's why they're good at what they do. They're in touch with their emotions and whatnot. But when you're dealing with business people, business people are not too emotional about things they just want to do the business so doesn't mix well it's like michael corleone said it's nothing personal it's just business <laughs> yeah um so that but that, that was, was your one, side that was that was my side so what was more so tell her tell her listen to what your side was uh, my, my whole thing was uh i i guess my thing was that i kind of became disillusioned with the business, but I don't want to give off the wrong impression. Essentially what happened with me was that I guess I would say maybe in this year or starting last year, I became more in touch with my entrepreneurial side. And I guess I was under the impression that this business, I could have turned into like a huge moneymaker for myself and you as well. I haven't forgotten about you, Carol. <laughs> You're part of the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After um, ten years, I would I would hope so, right? <laughs> <laughs> I ha I was under the impression that we could actually turn this into like a vehicle that could make us life changing money, right? And then I met these people that are in the e commerce space, and the product they're selling and the money they're making. I came to realize what we're doing essentially is still just labor, and even then, it's still capped labor. So we're running a, a business where, I mean, it's not going to make a ton of money. I mean, for a regular person, yeah, it's a ton of money. 
but it's not going to be that life-changing money. And I think even production companies that are very successful pale in comparison to someone that's running a product-based business, right? Because it's not as even scalable. at the height. Well, it's not. The problem is again, it's not scalable because it's not we're managing a lot. Scalable. Of, it's not yeah. easily scalable because we're managing a lot of. You're managing people and specifically people with talent, which is even harder, right? Because you have to, it's it's hard to find those people and whatnot. And I guess even as if you scale this up uh, close to the cap, the overhead costs will still be insanely high. And, you know, I'm sure there's companies out there that have grown the production companies to be pretty big and they're doing very well. But I guess my definition of very well changed after talking to some more people in the e-commerce space to the point where I was like, oh, okay. So for a couple weeks, I'd say about a couple weeks, I was kind of like, it was in the back of my mind. It was gnawing at me. And I think, yeah, I made me disillusioned with it because I thought, you know, I'm not going to work for someone else. I'm going to work for myself and it's going to become this big, big business and yada, yada. Again, I like the creativity of it and all, but I do like the business side a lot more too. But when I broke it down, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's it's still, as a business, as a business idea, it's small. And even at its biggest, it'll still be considered small, right? Don't get me wrong. I love, I love what we do. I really enjoy video production work, especially in the corporate space. But it was just something about that really disillusioned me. And then, and then just recently, I, I came to terms with it and the way I came to terms with it, I guess, is that I'm just seeing it as another income stream, like one of many. I guess that that was the main differentiating thing for me was that I was seeing this as one income with the one and only income stream, the be all end all. And now I'm just seeing it as one of many that I will do over the course of my career. That's what really that's that that was my whole, you know, mind shifts on this on this matter um and i guess the love for it that i had before that is still there but it's not the same it's like you love if you have one child you love that child but if you have three kids you still love all of them right but it's still it's three kids you, you got three three different kids right that's kind of how i'm seeing it yeah you're basically uh, uh splitting more of your uh uh, you want to be able to to try different things rather than one. Like before we used to think that this business would be the only business we ever do. And I think that's a realization is that it shouldn't be viewed as such. It should be viewed as one business of potentially other ones that we want to do because I, I no, think- No, you don't have to. You don't have to view it like that. Yeah. Like if you're running your production company and it's doing great, fantastic, keep it up. I guess this is, this was, this is, this is what happened to me. I don't know if there's other people out there in the space that have had the same uh, realization or feelings, but this is this these this is basically me just talking about what happened to me over the last two months and in terms of like how my feelings changed towards the production business. You don't have to do this. This is not up to like I'm not saying you guys got to start thinking like this. It's just something that happened to me. Yeah, every every person, every business owner, every every person in this industry is different and they have different uh, goals and, and, and desires of like what they want to do. Essentially you have to figure out what your 
getting into this business for. And I think what Dario uh, was saying was that um, he wanted to see it as a potential to see how much he can scale and grow it. But then uh, the realization of how there are certain caps as to how far you can grow and the challenges that comes with it. Like if you make an extra $50,000 in sales on a product business, great. You just made a very distinct uh, profit based on what you're selling. If you make an extra 50,000 in sales for video production, one of the biggest thing is like, now we got to figure out where we can bring the talent. You know, do we have to expand? Do we have to grow, um, this and that there's a lot of challenges that come with it that almost you might end up be, you might up making as a business, the same amount of profit at the end of the day with those mo uh, other sales. I remember we were talking with Rupert from uh, perspective pictures. He was talking about how when you're scaling, uh, this service-based industry or video production business, once you hit a certain number of people, then you have to aggressively grow in um, in the types of people and the way you structure your business. So before he was like mentioning that he would be basically managing a team of like seven to eight people when it was that small. But once he, they hit like 10 people, that's when they had to bring in middle management and that completely changed the shape of the business, right? So it's like, sure, you're growing and expanding, but it's like, when you start looking at it from the business perspective, what are those profit margins looking like at the end of the day? Will the same profit margin be there with like a three person team versus a 10 person team versus a 20 person team based on the sales? Like that, that it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how this, this industry, how, well, how I mean, like, scale. look, when you're selling a, when you're selling a product based business, when you're running a product based business, you're going to have the same stuff. You got to bring in mid middle management and all that. But the only difference is with products, the numbers are just bigger because your margins are different, right? That's the only difference. So like, I don't know what kind of numbers Rupert's running, but if he was running a product-based business, I guarantee you the numbers would be like, there'd probably be several more digits added to the end of that figure. Of course. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Like they, the thing is like the thing that, 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 uh, that I realized is that, you know, we're running a business where really if we're not there, it's doomed. And I think, yeah, you could get it to the point where you just step back. But then at that point, you'd have to become like publicly traded or, you know, privately traded. But you still need outside investment for it. Right. Yeah. Like these other businesses, you could just you could take a easy step back. I guess you could even with video production. But I guess it's again, the numbers are not are not really there. Like I'm, I'm trying to think like people we've spoken to. It's like the ones that are doing really well. It's like several million, whatever maybe 5 million gross bigger, bigger, maybe more than that. But when you talk about products, it's so the numbers are just ridiculously higher at a smaller scale of overhead too, right? Like in terms of team running the team, team can be smaller too, but the numbers they're running are just so much higher. Like the scalability with video production companies just, is is not there. It's very difficult. I think I think about some of the top ones in Toronto. Their teams are not that big. They're very small, small company. I can't imagine if their team was bigger, it'd be more success. Like I can't imagine the amount of stress that would be added to the owner of that company by like you know increasing the team and all that. Like it'd be intense. And it's like for what? Like if I was gonna take that risk on, I'd expect like a big, big salary. Do you have a shoot in Toronto? Do you need crew or a strong production partner to help you with your project? Laps Productions is one of the top production companies in Toronto 
and your go-to video partner. With our strong creative skills and extensive network, we can help you achieve your goal. Labs Productions is able to offer you production services, white label services, or finder fees for project handoffs. Reach out to us on our website at lapsproductions.com to learn more. My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group band packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We are more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Okay, guys, this is, uh, this is future Dario and future Kirill chiming in again. Because uh, we were talking about this after the show on the phone. This is something I was trying to say that I guess I didn't say properly. We wait for the camera to focus on me. Okay, I was trying to say this. I think I went, I, I feel like I was rambling. We'll see what Kirill says after he starts editing it. But this is what I was trying to say. Um, we're in a business where, let's say, you get an influx of, this is going back to the topic of, you know, like I feel like this, the, the scalability of our business is limited and hence the amount of money you can make in it is very limited. Limited. And I think a lot of people don't realize that going into it or they become, you know, they, 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 don't, they just don't realize it, right? This is where my disillusionment kind of, stems from it's the fact that like let's say you get an influx of 20 clients coming in this month and they all need video work and what at once right uh you couldn't scale your business up to achieve that effectively if you wanted to like where on earth are you going to find all the, the talent and the crew needed for that can, can, Do okay it. Like, just let me let me add a preface here is that this is relative to us is what we're saying is like, uh, so even if like, say you're a team of like 20 people, if you're normally taking in only 20 clients per month and all of a sudden a hundred clients come to you at once, you're not going to be able to service them like that. Yeah. We're, we're exaggerating the, the, the numbers here, but just think of it relative us. to yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. imagine you do whatever, uh, 10 clients, let 10, 10 gigs a month. All of a sudden you have 40 coming in this month. You have to turn work away, right? Versus if you're running a product-based business, you just up the numbers and you, you achieve it and that's it. The, yeah. But for us, it's like you can't bring in enough talented people uh, to achieve that. And also the time At it takes. At least not in that short all, time. Yeah, yeah, not in that short time. You'd need a lot more time also because the, 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 the way Training. the business, the, 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 the way the videos are created anyways, you can't do it like that. Even if you wanted to, yeah. it would be a disaster unless you're a magician. But that's what I was trying to say is that you can't even, you can't, our scalability is so capped. Even if you had the influx of work coming in, I can't tell you how many uh, guests we've had on the show that have, you know, referred work to us because they were at full capacity. You yeah, exactly. I mean? But here's actually a funny thing. Uh, now that, um, now that we're talking about this and it just reminded me, that was actually something that Rupert accounted for with his business. He was talking about how the way he would uh, scale in that sense and try to anticipate see the thing is for him it was more so anticipation so that's why it kind of worked for him where he would hire in the downtime so that when the busy times do come around then uh, they would have the people yeah but you know uh, that's a big to do it that's a big risk you're basically that's that is trying also to like risk, time yeah. he's trying to time the market and we all know how well that works right so what yeah, if he was wrong then straightforward yeah but if you yeah if he's wrong then what now he's got now he's got to let people go right yeah plus and you got to sign that actually happened with a lot of 
that happened with a lot of people that we know in our industry here in Toronto, where people scaled up during the pandemic because they saw an influx of work in certain areas. But then when that work went away, they had to start downsizing again, right? So that's 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 the unfortunate thing about the business, as, as we mentioned, is that if you get a huge influx of work, it's going to be very hard to scale up. And then when that work goes away, then you have to scale back down because you will not survive as a business otherwise. And that is unfortunately the biggest challenge in video production. Once you scale up, if the work isn't coming in, then you have, I mean, but this is like in any business though as well when you think about it, right? You know, if the work, if the sales aren't coming in, you have to then scale down. Maybe it's not, yeah, maybe it's not that unique to our industry, but the problem is, is it's more, we're more susceptible because we're dealing with people and it's mostly service-based compared to product-based businesses, essentially. Again, we, we, we need, we need to, whenever we bring people on, they need, their skill level needs to be very high. Yeah. So right away, you're dealing with a small group of people, which means the amount of work you can intake is very small. Just, just how it is. Talent, I would say that's like uh, the talent shortage. I think that was like an issue that the tech sector was having for a few years as well. I think this happens in a lot of industries where talent is uh, such a key part of what the the work is. And if the if, if there's a lot of work coming in and not enough talent to go around, you know, everyone's going to be fighting for, for the same people. So you can't, I mean, I remember like even we've had uh, similar situations where some creatives we've worked with in the past where we, we brought them on. We brought them on for some projects, but then they became so in high demand with other production companies that uh, one, they they weren't as available to take on projects anymore. But two, they got so busy to the point where sometimes even the quality of the work sometimes suffered. Um, and then three, it's like at that point, because you know that they're that busy and they're not always going to be available as a business, you have to make the conscious decision where you can't you can't pitch going forward relying on that person maybe once in a while to bring them in but that person won't be someone that you could bring in consistently but that's that's how it is on the freelance side if you're hiring uh, contractors if you're hiring full-timers that's a, a bit more of a different story but at the same time to find those really good quality um, full-timers that's that's a challenge as well because there's to in take people it takes time right like you have to go through an interview process that there's like a month right there training or, or uh basically that's adapting what i'm wondering now, now that you mentioned how does rupert anticipate all that stuff or like hire for it you want to bring him back on the show let's bring Ask him back him on the show that. and talk yeah, to him it's not easy to hire people and then you know to qualify them train them that takes a lot of time doesn't it that's what well, he was talking about that's why he made the that's why he talked about doing that in the downtime because then He's gone through all the hard stuff when things were quiet, that when the when the influx of work does come in, uh, they are able to scale up. He obviously doesn't hire. He, he's, he's, he's obviously smart enough to not hire too many people at once. He probably yeah. does it like slowly with like one person at a time. I remember he was saying like on average, he, they add like maybe two people a year. Uh, like oh, I, I'd have bad. to I'd have to look back at the. I'd have to look back at what it was in the episode. We'd have to take a look again. But he did, uh, like of all the production companies that I think we've uh, interacted with, he's done it in a very smart way with how he's scaled it up in terms of people. His team is big. Like there's like 30 people there. That's and so he's never really people. had to scale down from what I remember us talking about. The other about. company really... I know that has like that many is uh, Sasha's uh, uh, Indigo. Yeah. But it's like a mix of different businesses too. Yeah, but that's the thing. He has a he has a diversity. 
the thing that he does well is that he has a diversity in the in the business lines that he's in, right? He's not only doing photography. You know what? You you think so, but it's actually it's still part of the same like when you say diversity, I think completely different business. But his stuff is still all part of that. It's still all photography. It's all part of marketing. Yeah, but it's still marketing in the video in the photography space, right? So he's got uh, Indigo, Purple Tree. But they also they also do branding and design work with uh, August Media. They do weddings with Purple Tree. They do corporate um, uh, corporate and uh, commercial content Who, with. Who's Indigo. that guy? Uh, uh, I, I, some of them, some of them, some of them in the. Okay, so let's let's use a video production example. Uh, I know a lot of people actually in the video space go like. If they want to diversify, they'll get the studio space or they'll start renting out gear or all three, right? I think that's actually a bad idea because you're still just part of the video space. You haven't diversified, really. Diversification to me is like you add photography or something else entirely, right? Because... No, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I'll use photography as an example. Let's say something completely unrelated to that designing websites okay that's real diversification why because if something happens to one of the industries where it, uh, for some reason there's a, a down a down period downturn at least the other one is still in an upturn you know what i mean versus let's say you have a production company and you have a space you rent out for shoots and then also equipment well if the video production industry is down the other two are going to be down as well so you haven't really diversified. Yep. You're still you you still have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, which is it's kind of like a, an illusion of diversification in a way because you're the the difference the 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 thing that is diversified is who you're selling to, right? Because in um in studios your your studios and rental houses you're selling to a lot of production houses and that's the same customer essentially, right? but a different need. So that's where the diversi diversification it's a sub, is kind it's of It's a subcategory of the same yeah. industry. That's that's not good. That's not diversification. Yeah, diversification is to selling to different markets and different types of customers, uh, I feel is the, most effect is the most effective way. If you're providing four or five different services, but you're still catering to the same, to the same clients, the potential to grow is, and and also the potential to have a down season is just as high. It's like it's almost like saying like you're looking for clients that need animation videos and uh, live action videos. It's like you're still creating videos for the for the same clients. It's still video at content the at the end of the yeah. day, right? Yeah, that's exactly. what I was trying. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like it's, uh, I, I know some people are doing it, and good for them if it's uh, going well. I'm just trying to say yeah. though, it's like if, if something goes bad in one, it's gonna go bad in the other two because they're all interconnected, right? The 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 true way of doing it is to like literally diversify in something completely different because you're hedging your bets, right? That's true diversification. Yeah. Yes. Essentially it's a way to kind of help support one one business with the other if something slows some something slows down. And that's kind of what we're also trying to do with Creators Grab Coffee in a way as well is to Not really. Back. It's still if you look at it like that, it's still related to video production. So in a way Yeah. But it's <laughs> we're selling to different people. But again, but here's now the difference. The difference is that you're selling to a different type of customer altogether, right? Whereas um like and, and that's what I was the trying to say. Same customer, man. No, I that's why no, right what now. What are you talking about? 
No, no. It's the same CGC, thing. CGC, yeah. Dario, the customers and the audience for Creators of Grab Coffee are video production company owners. That's mostly who are you we're really talking don't to see or freelance it. people. You really don't see it. If there's a but, bad time in the video production industry, for example, I here, we sell, I here we sell Patreon subscriptions. They'll be less likely to get it because they're not getting enough gigs to be able to pay yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I not diversification. Yeah, I see what you mean. Diversification yeah, yeah. is like what I'm trying to do now, trying to set up my own e-commerce shop. That's diversification. It's not related to video. It's completely different. That's yeah. diversification. Yeah, so in terms of the, uh, diversification of industry rather than... Um, rather you than sub, the, uh, you subletting base. You subletting one of, one of the rooms in your condo that's diversification. You're getting income from a different source completely. That's called diversification. Yeah. If you're in the same spot, I mean, you, it's still diversification. You're just, you're still exposed to the same risks yeah, that you would in be in industry. your main business. Yeah, you're in the same industry. That goes down, everything goes down, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyway, as a business owner, you just have to think about what you want to also put your focus in and if you can diversify in some way to kind of make sure things stay afloat then go for it right yeah and also i i still don't know if i've really like explained my feelings this episode on what i was what i'm going through that stuff i don't know if i'm explaining it properly so i might not be explaining it the way i might have not figured out the way to understand it myself and explain it to other people if anyone else is going through this or has gone through it and knows how to explain it better let me know but uh, maybe by next episode, I'll be able to explain it better. Or in a couple episodes, I'll have figured it out in a more... From the next uh, solo figure episode. Out, <laughs> figure out a way to communicate it better. Um, but that's it. Again, I'm not talking down on the video production industry, anything like that. It's just uh, from a business perspective, uh, I, I guess my mind sh mindset has shifted a little bit. Again, I don't know. Maybe I'm not explaining it properly. He wants I'm safety not to, and assurances. I'm not That's trying what he to. Wants, guys. I'm he not. Wants I'm safety, not trying to. Security, long-term security. <laughs> again, I'm but not we trying all to, want that. We all. I'm want not that, trying yeah. to. No, it's not even that. Like again, I'm probably not explaining it well. That's the only thing. So if you guys are going like, "What the hell is he talking about?" I probably haven't explained it well. But if someone else knows what I'm talking about and you know knows how I should explain it, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Dario still hasn't figured it out and he's just uh, maybe by the next time we re-record re this episode but anyways yeah that's it I'll just stop talking now because I feel like I'm just rambling <laughs> yeah we got Dario back to the rambling section yeah <laughs> anyways but anyways okay. yeah this is future Dario and Kirill clocking out now we can go back to wherever the episode was taken out I don't know where you're gonna fit this in Kirill I'll figure it out I'll figure it out and back figure to your out. and back to our regular scheduled programming <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking at it from just purely a financial perspective like people who are jumping into our industry are not doing it purely to make money right that's not the main driving force that's more so something that they would like to have uh in uh, as a result of it right i mean when i first jumped into this industry i thought to myself originally you know i don't think i'm going to make that much money in this industry so if i can make it to the point where i actually live off of what i do here then holy crap that is that is great so like and i don't and agree I'm with sure that, that because when i don't agree with that because when you jumped into it you jumped into it thinking that you could hop over to the other industry which was films that's what you you didn't know the, the roads right you thought you could do it make money to then go into films you didn't go into corporate because Ever since you were a little child, you dreamed of making ads for a conglomerate business, right? Yeah. Like you didn't wake up 
at five years old and say, I want to make ads for McDonald's, right? Yeah. Well, we adapt. We all do we it went, for money. money was. Yeah. We all, yeah. Yeah. It's like we get into, like, I think when you get into this industry, even if whatever, like, I don't know. You're like, I'm not doing it for the money, blah, blah, blah. You have blah. to think about the money, though. That's what you I You are like. always thinking you about the to. money because you got you come into it and then you realize, oh, wait a minute. Like, you know, there's... Okay, the thing is, there's three different industries. There's film and TV. There's corporate. And then there's commercial, which is kind of in between film and TV. And I guess we'll throw in documentaries as part of film and TV. But they're kind of separate in a way. So when you when you get into the creative space, you know, you're good producer, director, whatever. Here's a lot of us started out as cinematographers. You get into this and then you're like, what's the next step? Well, if you don't know, you kind of get you start freelancing. And if you're freelancing, you're mostly working on corporate projects. Right. So eventually you get to the point where you get good at it and you, you're like, you know what? I got I got to live. Money's good. You kind of, a lot of us just stick into corporate because of that. Right. Until we find out, hey, wait a minute, if I went into film and TV, I would have had to go through the union. That would have been a pain in the ass. And then, you know, I've got to work long ass days and basically make nothing, not, not, make, <laughs> not have a, not have a family. And if, if you do probably divorce because the hours are horrible. Okay. So screw it. I'll stick with corporate. You do weddings on the side. You get really good. You don't have to do weddings on the side. You just stick with corporate, right? That's, that's really how we all, or, you know, you kind of get really good at corporate. You make the jump into commercial work. Now you're working with different directors and you're doing commercial. Maybe you make that transition of TV or film at some point. That's really, but it's like, we all fell into this because it just happened to be the zone where we could make money and do creative stuff. Right. Is that not what happened? Okay. So I just wanted to clarify that. Like, it's not like we woke up and said, we got into this out of passion we found out that we had, were good at it and we made it a passion for ourselves, I would say. I don't think, I think very few woke up and said, I want to make ads for, you know, Deloitte. That's my life goal. That's not really the life goal for a lot of us, right? Especially if you're on the creative side, you're like, I want to make movies. I want to do TV shows. And then you kind of realize, wait a minute, that's a whole different world. And you get into this. You get stuck here. You're like, yeah, I like it. Why not? I mean, we like corporate now. Like, I, I personally really like it. If I was to choose, I would stick with this even. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, you will always remember the first bit of money you make off of a video that you create, especially when it was originally not believed that you can actually do that. And yeah, like I remember the first project I got that that paid me what was like 500 bucks for a video. I was like, like back then, you know, like, I mean, like, like that's still actually even today, like still a lot of money. It's like, it's like, oh my God, this is actually possible. And then you kind of start following that and seeing where the industry goes. And like you said, a lot of the time, the biggest market for making money through video production is in the corporate world right now. But see, what you just said right now is you followed the money, Carol, because uh, you you got paid for a corporate project. If you're really passionate about video on like the stories, the the filmic, uh, the film, like if you wanted to go into films originally, even if you got paid for corporate, you would have found your way to films. Well, because you know think about saying? it like this. You followed the money. You went into out. corporate because the money well, yeah. was there. Well, here's the other thing. You also want to make sure you're also financially stable. So there's like this balancing act that a lot of people have to figure out. It's like, look, you, you if you're going to get into this industry, you also want to figure out a way to actually live off of it, right? You can't, you can't do the passion work if you're not making money in one way or another. Like anyone who's not doing video production or like people who want to go into films and TV and all that stuff, but are only focusing on that, 
you know, they still have to they still have to put a roof over. You can their still make so you can still make jobs. fun. You can still make money in film and TV. I I don't see any of the, any of them on the street with beggars cups. They make they're making it work. It, yeah, but I'm talking about for people jumping into it. Not everyone can do it right out the gate, right? Especially when it's why not? Certain. There's a ton of them. No, you just you just apply for the union and then yeah, you got to put up with the bad hours. But there's there, a ton of them working that scene, Carol. We went into corporate because like the the work life balance was a lot better and the money was good for us to live in live with basically that that's that's the real reason yeah if we're saying the same thing here <laughs> just trying to clarify because it sounded like like no like because even for film and tv you can still make good money on it it's just a completely different path is all i'm trying to say but most of us started trying to get into that and then we realized what a different road it was that's all i'm trying to say yeah you, you realize the different path um the different paths that there are and you just have to make a decision on where you want to go and if you realize that at some point you want to make some changes like then make changes and, and do what you need to but yeah but anyways so that's that was basically our um the the gist of everything that we talked about for an entire hour that we condensed into 10 minutes right now <laughs> the the next thing we're gonna just quickly go over is where was this um so one of the uh, next directions for the show that we've already kind of touched upon is uh, expanding further beyond where we are now. We've hit already three of the states in um, in the U.S. And our next goal is to hit at least one guest or get one guest onto the show from every single state in the U.S. And I feel like that is going to give a very interesting picture of what the industry is like overall in the states where we can kind of compare and and see what it's like from one versus the other and i feel like that would be interesting for for anyone who's listening because i i don't know any other show or program that has done something like that which is basically talk to people from every single state in the u.s or let alone even in canada every single province right because we've done that <laughs> we've done most of the provinces we haven't done i think a couple in the well we haven't done uh some of the territories and in the in the north. Newfoundland, well, territory is not a province, so they want to they want to come on the show. They gotta be if they want to become uh, they want they gotta be a province to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> trying trying to trying to find like the bigger leads, but yeah, I, I think we actually did look on that previous take to see if there was anyone and what was that territory none we were looking it. at? None of it, and there was n none of them up there. <laughs> yeah, well, none of that's them not where the market is. When you think about it, a lot of people go to a lot of these more remote parts of uh, of the world. Well, <laughs> I don't think anyone goes there. I think they well, they haven't been going there for. No, I, I've known I've known some I've known some creators that have gone to Nunavut to to film some projects here and there. So my point is to it's film, like not, but not to. It's not like they stay there and start. That's their own what company. I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. There are big, not big people difference. that stay there. Yeah, people. Not like that's the, what I mean. Not like the market is booming. Yeah, it's only for very specific. Uh, <laughs> specific types of projects but yeah so that's that's essentially it uh and that's and that's also why we need the support so we can try to get the through the 50 states as fast as possible and try to get it done at least one a week so with 50 states or i guess 47 are left now technically speaking that would be yeah within a year essentially that's 47 states right there yeah we'll get we'll get through it in one year yeah um yeah, so that's basically it for the next portion. Uh, one other thing we want to kind of ask uh, our guests is um, what are like some other things that you would like to see on the show in terms of topics discussed, uh, production companies, or 
Well, I guess this is something that goes mostly for our Patreon users at this point, which is like, what would you like to see on the show? What would you like us to kind of talk about? Where, where would you be curious about, uh, uh, about us reaching out to, as Dario mentioned, maybe Paris, France, or maybe in Germany or like, Oh, Oh, uh, we forgot to mention another thing too. You get to do, well, we, we mentioned that cause if you've listened to the first couple of minutes, you heard it over there, but, uh, well, we'll be doing live call-ins as well at some point. Yeah, at least we'll try to do Patreon that. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to do that. I mean, I, we're not going to cater to you to the Patreon. It's like, look, it's it's going to happen on this day at this time if you want to tune in and whatever. So you get to see the show live, and then you can also chime in and ask some questions too because Riverside allows that, which is a really cool feature. Um, that's going to be really awesome once the Patreon numbers start going up. I, th- I think another good thing would be maybe even doing some Q&As. Um, with with us uh, on the show is um on patreon as well you never know like people can there could be like some discussions that come through it and like you know what maybe we could even do an episode like that like say we get a good amount of patreon users eventually and then we can basically do a a live show for them and then they could be like uh what are your thoughts on this topic or something like that and then you Kira's and i can basically very optimistic of the number of listeners look it all it takes is like five patreon users you know <laughs> that are we i i want like i want to get a hundred super fans i don't need we don't need a hundred thousand casual fans here and there i mean don't get me wrong that would also be nice but i would you like know, that we would we would love to have like people that are really that are really involved and really passionate like like think about it like what what are some things that you're interested in that you're like diehard passionate about like how Dario is with his Yeezys he loves that stuff you know like that kind of level of uh or me with my hats that kind of level of passion essentially is what we're looking for uh with our audience but uh yeah and if there are other ideas in terms of what you might think is valuable for you as a listener let us know comment below. the idea better not be lower the price look we got to pay for this show okay <laughs> like I, I know we don't have the numbers <laughs> that we need for listeners so the, the if, if we had like 10 times the amount of listeners then i would have lowered the price but hey you're getting more value out of this than disney plus so cancel your disney plus you've already watched all the star wars shows enough with the star wars okay you don't need to watch another one of those garbage shows turn your brain into mush no one cares about ahsoka if, if- <laughs> <laughs> if there's if you've if you've learned something on the show or from any of our discussions with our guests that have helped you improve your business in some way or even send how send us you an approach, interact at the following email <laughs> <laughs> at the following Patreon at creativesgrabcoffee.com for twenty five buy us a coffee at least God damn it <laughs> yeah something yeah. I know I mean that is. It, Except we shouldn't start accepting payments of coffee only, you know, then eventually that's how we're going to start getting payments. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Send us something. You made money off off this show. Send me some, a little, a little something, you know, deuce me a little, like give me something, a little tenor here or there, like something. A little tenor. <laughs> oh, I'm bad, just joking. But... I'm just joking. <clears throat> Got to have a little fun on this. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who are tuning in and are new to the show, there, there have been a lot of very interesting topics that have, that we've kind of covered over the last little while. And even like the one cool thing about what we, what we do at the show is that we, even we're learning talking with these guests because we don't know what the industry like is in these other parts of the world. We don't know what their story is or their experiences. Like every, the thing we've learned with this show is that every single guest that has come onto the show, none of them have had the same, uh, the same path essentially 
there's always been some variances or like differences in how they get into the industry, why they get into the industry, how they've grown, why they've grown. And uh, we've talked about a lot of pretty interesting things. And I remember one of my favorite uh, discussions uh, that we had just on our most recent one with uh, Zach from Maleshko was the whole retainer model bit because that's something a lot of creatives in our industry talk about wanting is finding um, more retainer clients. But what we came to the realization is that what we want is more bookings, not retainers, essentially. I love how um, we said that if you if you were doing that, you'd basically be losing out on the inflation cost. <laughs> yeah, that was a big realization. Which you know what? In today's world is a very big problem because inflation yeah. reported was like what? Like I, I'm pretty sure. Seven, eight percent. Listen, now right now we're down to four here in Canada now, but I, I'm telling you right now, those numbers are fake. It's like, it's gotta be at least 10%. It's gotta so, be more. Yeah. It's gotta be way more. I know how they pick and choose, right? Yeah. So when inflation yeah, was something, 2%, some, it wasn't a big deal. Something, <laughs> no, one, yeah, no one, no one brought that up. It's like, okay, but even if, okay, in normal times, it's supposed to be two, 2%, right? So whatever you're charging, you got to factor that into the, the cost, right? So. I guess how I would have pitched it to the client is like, <laughs> I would have probably said dependent on monthly inflation. So, but here's the the monthly inflation needs to be factored in because if you're being being paid on a monthly basis, you got to factor in the inflation, right? So, it's a hundred bucks, there's a hundred and two bucks. <laughs> but you 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 here's the thing though is that <clears throat> with the inflation, when you're doing retainer models, you're also giving. A kind of discount a little bit you know on that much work so you're losing even more as a result because that's what a lot of companies do when they're looking for retainer models is like we need more yeah. well that's how the value is to get them locked into a contract is essentially provide some kind of overall discount and services you know that helps um helps them swallow that pill necessarily right do you know what so though, essentially, it's like why offer why offer the discount because if they're writing, I remember Adam was talking about it. it's like it only works. It's worked with him with clients that he already has a good relationship with me with, which means that he's been doing work for them for a couple of years. It's, so it's like at that point, it's already kind of guaranteed. Why offer the discount? Yeah, you know I, I, I think mean? it's just a matter of like uh, it's not it, like the the. The retainer, uh, the traditional retainer model is not necessarily applicable that well towards the video production world. And yeah, essentially what we're trying to do is just get more bookings, like more consistent bookings more consistent. rather than I retainer. That's but, how I would have pitched it now that I yeah. think about it. I would have said it's like you you will be guaranteed that we'll be available for the pro. Yeah, we'll, you'll, you'll, we'll be guaranteed for your project. You'll have us for sure. You don't really need to do the discount to lure them in. You could just say... We might be busy, right? So this guarantees our availability. I would still charge them the inflation on it, though. <laughs> I think now it's probably easier to sell that, too. It's like, okay, if you're hiring us for the full year, uh, it'll cost this much plus inflation of 2% because that's supposed to be normal anyways. And you just add that on top. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was just like a, a, a little funny tidbit from one of, uh, one of the past uh, uh, episodes that we had. Uh, oh, actually, this was one thing that I wanted to mention is that uh, one thing that Stuart from Chuck Media talked about, um, and this kind of goes back to the idea where you might sometimes fall out of love with your business if you find yourself doing a lot of the same kind of corporate work and things like that. Maybe what you need to do is also 
take on an annual passion project that you do that can kind of that you can look forward to every year and get excited about. So that's one thing that he's done to kind of circumvent that aspect of, uh, you know, feeling in like a little bit of a rut with your business is to do something that you normally wouldn't do. So that's that's something a lot of people uh, should consider as well. Getting out of a uh, rut, though, is different, isn't it? Well, maybe not getting out of the rut is maybe not the right way I would say it is. I don't know, just to kind of like stir up the creative juices a little bit. More. Yeah, I think I think for him, his, it was more stir up creative juices. But I think it's different if you're coming to like a more existential situation, right? Yeah. Another thing we um, we also talked about um, uh, on our episode with Thomas from Offbeat Films was you need to realize that you're going to outgrow your clients eventually. You're never going to stick with the same clients from the very beginning up until now. Because you grow as a business, they grow as clients, needs change, marketing goals change. Uh, don't take it personally if uh, if either they move on and they won't take it personally if you also outgrow them, right? Because when you're starting out in a business, you're also starting out with a certain price point, right? Like when we started doing videos, Dario, it was we were charging what, like 150 a video, 500 a video, uh, and that's so. I guess by an- outgrowing, you're really just saying you become too expensive for your clients. That that's is one of the. That's one of the main ways. That was one thing I, th- I remember we talked about on that episode. What was the other that, one? Um, well, that was that was just one of them is all I'm mentioning. Okay. Uh, Outgrowing just basically, yeah. Like, well, yeah, obviously, Kira, like you got, you got business. We got bills to pay. Like if client can't pay, can't pay. You got to move on. That, that's that's my point. And like uh, and I already mentioned it as well is that essentially different goals and needs change over it time. It sounded right? like creatively when you were saying it, it sounded like creatively you might outgrow the client. I think it's just more so financially. When you're running a business in the in the corporate space, who cares as long as they can pay, right? Well, that, but also, yeah, well, there's that. There's that. And also from their end, it's also their, their goals change as well. So like if they originally brought you in to do monthly videos, right? Maybe they realize after two, three years, oh, we don't need to do these monthly videos anymore. So then they also move on to doing something else. So it, there's always going to be an influx of change with um, with the clients that come through the front door. And like even us, like I'd say all our, our current client roster is fairly new, like from probably two years ago. Yeah, because the their pricing structure. Yeah, because their pricing structure changed. That's it. Exactly. So uh, like don't feel bad if things change is all is all I'm saying as well. But if you're feeling and, bad, you're in the you're in the wrong business or you should yeah. you should give the reins <laughs> to the create to the more business uh, side minded person on your team. Like we're running businesses here like they, we got no time for emotional whatever. Your client doesn't care either. Like they're they're uh, just a cog in a wheel anyways. Right. They got a budget to work with and they can only sell you so much to upper management anyways. Right. There's no emotions exactly. involved in this. It's just it's just business. Like you're just doing transactions, really. Yeah. Um, but anyways, those are just a couple of uh, little interesting tidbits that uh, that we talked about over the last few episodes. And uh, if you're really curious to to see what else we talked about, check out the previous episodes. We got hours and hours and hours of uh, good content for you to check out. Kiro, you wanted to do like a whole summary of each of the last ten episodes. No, I didn't they want can to do watch- that. I didn't no. want to do a summary of each one. I just wanted to pull like a little uh, one, a couple interesting tidbits like that from uh, from past episodes. Like like for example, the the the, re- the retainer idea. Like I that was like a very funny realization that, one I liked. that we had talked that, about. The, yeah, the infl- the, yeah, because I liked how we saw the two perspectives. Like Adam was yeah. really for it, 
or when it worked. And then when we got the Zach. Zach's perspective on it, on the inflation part, I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. I never even thought about that. <laughs> and yeah, no one yeah, exactly. mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another interesting thing is when we when we, when we we interview some guests, we, we end up talking about uh, similar topics, but our guests have one aspect of it, uh, that uh, one perspective, and then the other one has another perspective. And it's just interesting to, to draw these comparisons because these are things, these are experiences from people that have gone through this that we haven't. And it's just nice to... It's just interesting to see that unfold and, and just kind of talk about. But yeah, like this and a lot of other interesting topics along the way. You know, we got another another 50 episodes coming. Uh, by the time we hit episode 100, we will have hit all of the U.S. So here's to that. <laughs> I personally wanted to hit that number close to now. but I would uh, have liked to as well, but it's it's not easy. And this is why yeah, it's it not costs easy. money to do this. It, it yeah, costs not, money to do this. Um, honestly. And here's the other thing. We're also running uh, the, the actual video production business side, right? We could be focusing on a video. I would be like, edit, we'd be like editing or working on an episode. It's like, oh, we're working. Also two client projects have come through the door that we have to focus on getting done first. That's going to take precedent, right? So with, with, uh, with a little bit of funding, at least it'll help us. And at the very least hiring even some editors to actually help produce the content if we're busy with other things going on. Right. Um, there's, there's lots to there's lots to come through and uh, honestly like I, look I we would still we would still be doing this show even if we didn't have support yeah. it's just uh, the episodes are just gonna trickle out a lot slower but uh, you know like if you guys are getting a lot of value out of this you know help support the show I know times are tough less projects coming in but again cancel Disney Plus <laughs> yeah yeah cancel one of those. Uh, one of those subscription models that you don't need, you know, those ones are just giving you some basic, very, very bare bones, basic entertainment. And uh, whereas this is actually, we're actually we're bringing spreading knowledge, to you. spreading. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. CGC is all about spreading the knowledge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, uh, I think that pretty much covered everything already. This is what a more condensed version of those three hour first takes that we did. We're just pure episode. In all fairness, Carol, there was a lot to rant about. It's yeah. just our listeners are also in different countries, and they don't really, they didn't really need to know a lot of the ranting. They don't need to care. They don't here. Look, we get it. You guys are all here to to learn learn new things from uh, our guests and from yeah, us. Not here. You're not, not here, here to complain. care about our problems. We're not here to yeah. care about our problems. <laughs> <laughs> and, but anyway. and we're not here to and out and and the up and you know and vice versa but anyways yeah look uh we're trying to pump out this show more often expect a lot more episodes um you know if they come out pretty often and we don't have that many patreon users then someone please uh send carol like you know some coffee money or something because that means he's editing He's editing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because God knows I ain't touching these. <laughs> I'm dealing with yeah. the outreach. Actually, I got two yeah. calls with people from Boston coming up today, so I better yeah. get get to those guys. Yeah. Our next uh, our episode 51 will be uh, our our next guest from the states uh, from Boston. So stay tuned for that and uh, stay tuned for more. We're ex we're excited. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. 
And uh, yeah, that's the next thing. We're gonna get some lap. We're gonna get some CGC mugs. All right. So you know, as with every Patreon user, you might get one of these right in the mail if uh, if you sign up. So my God, you, go. you know what Kirill did for us back in the, the couple of years back? He ordered mugs. I don't know why this guy ordered like a hundred of them. No, no, we or I ordered seventy-five mugs. because that was the minimum. That was the minimum. Seventy-five. You can't do. Less. I still have. I still have seventy sitting in my garage in a big box. I don't even know what to do with them. No, I can't even give 40. them away. No one will you take have, them. You have forty. What do you mean? No I have one forty. Will take them. No one will take them. I got forty mugs in Why there. Why would you I don't say know what to no one will take them? We just haven't given them out to people. There's a difference. <laughs> You're making it sound like nobody wants our mugs. <laughs> hey, listen. If they keep raising those interest rate hikes, then I, I definitely won't be giving them out to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because these are actually really good quality mugs. They're actually, actually. really good. I will, I will say, they're actually really high quality mugs. Yeah, when you start, I've, seeing, I've uh, abused them to, to to hell and high water, and they're they're just scratched up a bit, but the logo is still clear. Yeah, they're really still, high. Here, let, let me get this uh, in the center in front, of yeah. the frame. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like I've I've scratched mine up. It's they're really good mugs. I haven't broken a single one yet either. Yeah. Oh, I've I've accidentally broken one. <laughs> just you break from, it? It, it it it's fall it's it's been dropped it happens it how happens. did you drop it i don't remember this happened during the pandemic like why, why are you trying to ask me questions like this <laughs> how depressed were you you drop a mug how do you drop a mug i've never even heard of that like who drops a mug you know how many movies there are of people dropping mugs and everything it's such yeah a, it's but that's done for that's done for you know cinematic effect and then they do maybe the that's what i was trying to they do, do the slow-mo of it shattering into 50 million pieces wait just out of curiosity how many pieces did it break into like just two or like a million? it was like it literally it was just the handle fell off and that just was just the handle right yes yeah, so yeah still, it was you could still technically use it right i was still <laughs> able to technically use it i was just like i just didn't want to have that chip like, but yeah like it's honestly it had like maybe like a little chip on one other side but yeah these are good quality mugs so we'll get some some uh, CGC ones uh, with maybe like a, some kind of like Patreon supporter. We should thing. ask that company to sponsor us then. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Now we have an idea for a uh, sponsor for another... numero tres. We already have mm -hmm. another one that Carol's going to go film next week and you'll yeah, see, so... you'll see this company in episode 51 and maybe this other one, episode 52. Yeah. So anyways, thanks guys for, uh, tuning in and thanks for everyone who's been supporting the show from the very beginning you know we know a couple super fans who've been around since the beginning and we look forward to the next uh the next batch <laughs> yep all right all see right. you guys thank you for listening take care thank you thanks for listening to this episode of creatives grab coffee please make sure to follow and engage with us on instagram tiktok linkedin youtube and your favorite podcast app if you enjoyed this content and want to hear more, you can get the whole experience on our Patreon at patreon.com slash creativesgrabcoffee or click on the link in the description. You'll get access to full uncut episodes, all reels and highlights at episode release, live shows and call-ins, ability to request cities and guests, as well as updates and BTS content. Creatives Grab Coffee is created by Labs Productions, a video production company based in Toronto, Canada. Creatives Grab Coffee is also sponsored by... Do you have a shoot in Toronto? Do you need crew or a strong production partner to help you with your project? Laps Productions is one of the top production companies in Toronto and your go-to video partner. With our strong creative skills and extensive network, we can help you achieve your goal. Laps Productions is able to offer you production services, white label services, or finder fees for project handoffs. Reach out to us on our website at lapsproductions.com to learn more.
My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group fan packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We are more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one.